0: Would you turn with me uh, to the book of Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 8. And we're going to take some time. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching and then we'll do a little bit of preaching. I don't really know what the difference between those two are except maybe the volume and the excitement level. But still the same word of God. But I you you know and and I'm about ready to to call a business meeting and change the 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 church mission statement because I am so convinced that one of the things the church needs to do is teach the whole counsel of the Bible. I want us to learn. I this year I have had a fresh uh excitement in learning the Word of God and, and seeing things as they're put together. And I know I'm a lot slower than some of y'all. Y'all catch on much faster than I do. But I'm excited when I read a verse in the Bible and instantly I go, hey, that's connected over here. And especially with our study on the book of Hebrews, we see that. That, that the Old Testament is found in the pages of the New Testament over and over and over. And we're, So part of what we're going to do today is give you a little bit of Bible understanding. But before this is done I believe that not only Will you know more about the Bible But you're going to have a there, There's a, a definite call to action For today Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8 And we're going to revisit this Several times in our message So if you don't get it In the reading That's okay Paul writing Beware lest any man Spoil you through philosophy And vain deceit After the tradition of men After the rudiments of the world And not After Christ This is a warning But remember we just said not after Christ For in him who is that Christ In Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily And you are complete in him Which is the head of all principality and power In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands In putting off the body of sins of the flesh By the circumcision of Christ Buried with him in baptism Everybody say buried with him in baptism remember that it's going to come back wherein ye are also risen with him everybody say risen with him through the faith and then it continues to say of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sin and uncircumcision of your flesh look at your neighbor and say you were dead in your sins And in the uncircumcision of your flesh But hath he, again Jesus Hath he quickened together together with him Having forgiven you all your trespasses Look at your neighbor and say But you can be forgiven and he blotted out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to the cross and having spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it that's incredible and I want to talk to you today I want to preach to you you must go through the blood you must go through the blood Father we thank you today, we're here, we've worshipped you, we've we've communed one another in fellowship But Lord now we need your holy, unadulterated word to speak to us Would you let us know the word, would you let the word be implanted in our hearts, our souls, and our minds And would you also let us do what the word says we need to do And we give you praise, in Jesus name, <clears throat> Amen Hallelujah uh, You can be seated this morning our, our, our children are downstairs and, and our young, younger teenagers are downstairs and that's good because in order to get where I'm going, we've got to do a little teaching on circumcision. Now trust me, I've been preaching now since I was 15 years old, some 21 years it has been since my first sermon. I've held a license with the United Pentecostal Church Since 2001, some 15 years now In all of that, I have never preached on the subject of circumcision It's not something I tend to dwell on or even think about it But here's the truth The truth is, it's in the Bible And the truth is, if you look in the New Testament You see that word many, many, many times And I want to do it But in order to get where we need to go in the New Testament In order to get to where you and I need to be, we've got to first start at the beginning. Allow me to uh, do some teaching and explanation on the biblical understanding of the law of circumcision. I'm going to draw from a lesson by uh, Robert Friedman and, and, and just to kind of help us understand it. First off, you, you see it begin to come into the biblical record in Genesis uh, chapter 12 and chapter 15. First off, God, he brings Abraham out of the land of Ur and he brings them him into a, a new uh, country. He says, this is going to be your promise. You know that story. He promises that Abraham and all of his descendants shall, they're going to be so numerous that they will be as the number of stars in the sky or sand on the shore. In fact, you have that verse that says, in you, Abraham, shall all the nations be blessed. And Abraham and the people that come after him through the lineage of Abraham, they are given this land to occupy In the 17th chapter of Genesis, we find where God tells them, let me read to you, it's Genesis chapter 17 and verse 10. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you And your descendants after you, every man among you, shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and you. And every man among you that is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. A servant who is born in the house or who is bought with money from a foreigner and who is not your descendants. A servant who is born in your house or who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. Thus shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant now what covenant are they talking about they're talking about the covenant of God telling Abraham I'm going to bless you and your descendants and in you shall all of the world be blessed there was a promise given to Abraham that says the land where which you are walking I want you to take a walk Abraham as far as you can walk east As far as you can walk west As far as north and south as you can go Everywhere your foot touches that's your land And so it was But I I want you to look at this because this comes to play later In that last part I believe it's verse 13 You see that the circumcision was a sign of the covenant First off the covenant had already been given The covenant, the promise was there. Abraham had to do something to be in the promise. That rite of circumcision later uh, was made part of the law of Moses uh, over 400 years after God gave instructions concerning in Leviticus chapter 12 verse 3 that on the eighth day these children, these men should be circumcised. And that practice began to continue for the generations to come However, there is an understanding that while the children of Israel Wandered in the wilderness for 40 years They uh, ceased to uh, practice circumcision Some believe, and and I I tend to have an agreement there That because of Israel's disbelief Because Israel did not uh, trust that God could bring them into the wilderness Or into the promised land Remember, 12 spies went to spy on Canaan 12 came back 10 said we can't do it 10 said oh everything God promised is there everything that God told us we would get it's there it's exactly what God said but, but we can't we're, we're too little regardless of the fact that God just opened up the Red Sea and we marched across regardless of the fact that 10 plagues went through Egypt regardless of all of the miracles that we've seen God can't get us into the promise And there's some scholars, and I I tend to agree with them, that because they refused to believe that they could enter into the promised land, they also quit believing in the covenant that God had given to Abraham. And so they no longer practiced that. They wandered like lost sheep in the wilderness for 40 years. I've said it often, and I'll say it again. The understanding is they were never more than about 40 miles away from their promise for 40 years. Now, I don't walk very far. I have a car and a truck, and I tend to like that. I'm the type that, you know, if it's a half mile away, I might just get in my truck and drive. But I can promise you right now, in my not completely physically fit shape, if the promise is only 40 miles away, I promise you I'll get there. I'll walk if it has to. That's how close-minded the children of Israel were. But you see, once that has done, once the punishment had been meted out and they had met the punishment where all the generations that didn't believe must die in the wilderness now they cross over the Jordan River and Joshua chapter 5 and verse 2 says and it's a commandment that the Lord told Joshua at the time meaning they've just crossed over the Jordan River make yourself flint knives and circumcise again the sons of Israel the second time they were back in relationship with God they were back in the promise of God and they were participating and they were in the covenant there Circumcision was the sign of the covenant. It was the universal blessing that God had poured out. But I'm going to tell you right now, circumcision has much more than just a a, uh, Jewish understanding. I would be bereft, and that's a fancy word that means I would be leaving it out. If we left the teaching of circumcision only in the Old Testament. When one begins to read and understand the Bible, you find that although circumcision became a fixture of the law, Jesus said, I've come to fulfill the law. I love the Ten Commandments, but they alone do not save me. And I understand in a politically charged world as we are right now, There there is an understanding. I'd love for the Ten Commandments to be put on the steps of every courthouse and put on the, you know, before every uh, uh, civic office. But can I tell you right now, it's not going to change a thing. It didn't help the children of Israel, and the Ten Commandments can't help you today because they don't have any power to save. I hear people tell me all the time. I had someone tell me yesterday. They says, I just want to live my life according to the Ten Commandments. That is an awesome thing to try to do. But read your Bible, it will tell you you alone can't ever measure. I know it's hard to digest and it really this, this really deserves its own series and I, I'm going to have to wait till another time to do it to, to really under, let you and I understand you and I are no longer under the law. This was a stumbling block to many of the Jews that had turned to Jesus in, and been saved in the New Testament. If you'll read your Bible, you'll find that a vast majority of the book of Acts And many of the epistles that were written by these uh, apostles and disciples of God, they were dealing with Jews that had become Christians. But they had a hard time letting go of the Mosaic teachings. One of the very first general conferences happened in the book of Acts where Peter and Paul began to kind of argue with each other. Paul was of the mindset, if a Gentile comes and receives the Holy Ghost and is baptized in Jesus' name, we need to circumcise them so that they can be in. Paul said, uh-uh, that's the old law. We don't have to practice that art anymore. There's a different thing. And so they argued back and forth, and 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 finally it, it got... It got uh, Fixed. There were those that wanted to add the weight of circumcision to the salvific formula of repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to tell you again, we're not under the law. That fact, maybe you haven't read it like this, but let me quickly explain to you the words of Paul. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 If you have your Bibles it would do you good To turn there with me Because when I read this you're going to go Hey I, I, I've heard that verse Much like in our text You heard me, we, we read several verses I think 8 through 15 is what we read But you, you, you saw there Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily And you're like hey I know that verse But you've got to put that verse In the middle of everything else Let's put another verse In the midst. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Now, now he's not talking about a hygienic thing. He's not talking about just a, a, a traditional thing. There were those that still preached, you can't be saved unless you've been circumcised. Now, watch what Paul says here. This is very important. Paul says, for I testify again, verse 3, for I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. Again, we're talking about those that said you had to do this in order to be saved. Let me read read that verse, chapter, or verse verse, um, 3. Go back to verse 3, Brother Ron. Let me, and, and keep it up there. Let me read this in the English Standard Version. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. Now again, I'm talking only in the understanding that there were those that taught you had to be circumcised in order to be saved. That's what that is. Not a hygiene thing or anything of that nature. This is what Paul said. If you say you have to do that to be saved, you got to follow the whole law. Ooh, That means if you disobey your parents enough times, they take you to the gate and they stone you. And someone would say, well, I don't know if I believe that. No, no, you can't just pick and choose what you want to believe. What he was trying to get to the point is, is your righteousness cannot save you. There's not enough things you can check off of a list that can make you saved. You are only saved by the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ and the fact that you can partake of that through Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Let me keep going. I'm going I'm to get beside myself if I'm not careful. Uh, verse 4 Christ is become no effect unto you Whosoever of you are justified by the law You have fallen from grace For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith For in Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything Nor uncircumcision But faith which worketh in love Paul was saying this The only thing that matters is do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that he is God manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles and received unto glory? Do you believe that Jesus came to earth to die for your sins, that he was buried for your sins, that he was risen, that you might have life and that more abundantly? And if so, then what are you going to do about it? That's what he was saying. This law that we see in Deuteronomy and Leviticus and Exodus it was simply a a shadow of the New Testament and and, and this is where I'm just doing some teaching and then we'll get into where I want to go in a moment Colossians chapter 2 and verse 16 let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of a new moon or of a Sabbath day which are shadows of things to come but the body is of Christ. Meaning, don't let someone judge you if you don't keep the Passover. If you want to do Passover, go ahead and do it. it. doesn't save you. Don't let anybody judge you on that. Don't anybody let you judge you on the respect of a holy day or those. It's a shadow. Let me give you, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, this is, a, this is a, 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 a glimpse into a couple weeks from now when we will get to Hebrews on a Wednesday night. Chapter 10. For the law is having a shadow of good things to come not the very image of things which can never through those sacrifices which they offered up year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect now that's a mouthful again let me read it in the, the English Standard Version since the law is a shadow of the good things to come Instead of the true form of these realities It can never by the same sacrifices That are continually offered every year Make perfect those who draw near What it meant was the law is passed you, you, the, the Jesus has come so that you don't have to sacrifice every year A bullock or the blood of something Jesus died once and for all for you and me law a shadow. Now, <clears throat> while the physical, and now we're going to transition from the Old Testament to the New, while the physical act of circumcision does no longer have any salvation uh, influence, there is another circumcision that is preached and taught in the Word of God, and that is the circumcision of the heart. Again, let me borrow from Robert Friedman practically he says we can't show the world we've been circumcised but God's covenant extends further than just the physical realm there is a way in which our words and our action can show the nations that God has saved me even in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 6 this promise this understanding is seen moreover the word says The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. No longer do we practice it in the flesh, but there is absolutely something that must happen in the life of you and I. Let me take you another place Deuteronomy chapter 10. And verse 12, he writes, it's another theme of inner circumcision. It's another understanding that it's the heart of man, the soul of man, the attitudes and relationships. And so the Lord said in Deuteronomy 10, 12, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways and love Him and serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and keep the Lord's commandments and His statutes which I am commanding you today for your good behold to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heaven and the earth and all that is in it yet on your fathers did the Lord set his affection to love him and he chose their descendants after them even you above all people as it is to this day circumcised in your heart and stiffen your neck no more over and over through the pages of the word of God you see this understanding that there must be a change on the inside the prophet wrote Isaiah 64 he said all of us have become like one who is unclean and our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment and we wither like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away The prophet understood because he was in the Old Testament. He saw the law. He followed the law. In fact, Isaiah could have said, I've done this. I've I've kept the Passover and and I haven't eaten any unclean thing. And I've I've sacrificed and, and I've not touched anything unclean. And I've done all of this. And he looked at the list of all of his accomplishments and he said, It's nothing. It's like a filthy garment, my righteousness. It's a filthy garment. So, even in the Old Testament, in the law, you had this understanding, Leviticus chapter 26. If they will confess their iniquity and their iniquity of their forefathers and the unfaithfulness which they committed against me and their acts of hostility against me, I will remember my covenant with Jacob. I will remember my covenant with Isaac. And I will remember my covenant with Abraham. And I will remember their land. Even in the Old Testament. God was pushing towards a circumcision of the heart. It was David that pinned these words, and my mind sees him pinning the words with tears running down his face. Create in me, O oh God, a clean heart. Heart and renew a right spirit within me. Don't take your presence away from me. Don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and sustain me with thy willing spirit. David understood, even though he was a good Jewish man, even though he had been circumcised, even though he had kept the commandments of God, he realized there was something more needed. Something more. Create in me a clean heart. God. It's that spirit that makes the difference. The spirit that David was referring to was not yet given because Christ had not come and Christ had not been glorified but you and I today we have something that we can partake of that David did not have a chance to partake of David was under the old law David had to offer the sacrifices but you and I today we can come and you and I have the opportunity to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and have our heart changed forever and ever and ever the circumcision of the heart avails much. Allow me to read to you some, some things that Paul, Dr. Paul Karam, a theologian, had to say. This is what he said about circumcision. Circumcision is to cut away the flesh. Spiritually it means that it's a cutting away of the natural, the sinful, the Adamic. That means that that flesh we get from Adam in the fall. That Adamic nature that we are born with. Uncircumcision represents uncleanliness. It means that the flesh that you and I were born with has not yet been dealt with. It's the old nature that remains. The wrong desires, the wrong ways, and the uncleanliness is still there. My friend, I'm trying to preach to you today as we transition from the old law to the new law. There is a fleshly nature, a carnal desire inside of all of us that must be excised, that must be removed, that must be gotten rid of because we were born in sin and shapen in iniquity. Let me tell you a few things. I'm, I'm almost done teaching and we'll get to preaching in a moment. This is how you know if your heart has been circumcised. Romans chapter 2 and verse 28 For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not the letter, and His praise is not from man, but from God. That simply means, if you want to be a son of Abraham, it's not what you do on the outside that first matters, it's what happens on the inside that counts more than anything. Now, yes, what's on the inside will show up on the outside, but it's saying you're not seeking to please man. You're not seeking to please some man-made law. You're seeking to please God, and it's His righteousness that He puts inside of your heart that allows you to stand in His presence with hands raised and say, I love you, Lord. The evidence of a heart that's been circumcised is a heart that doesn't resist God, a heart that doesn't become hardened. The book of Acts chapter 7 and verse 51. I believe it's Stephen that is preaching right before he's stoned. You are a stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in your heart and ears. You resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. A heart that's been changed is one that is softened in the presence of God, that bends to the will and the way of the Lord. A heart that has been changed, a heart that has been circumcised, truly worships and glories in Jesus Christ. It doesn't glory in its flesh. Let me show you what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3. For we are of the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And though I would have reason for confidence in the flesh, if any man thinks they can boast in their flesh, I can do it more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. That's the old law. I'm of the people of Israel. I'm a Jew. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. That's a special tribe. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I'm a Pharisee if you want to talk about the law. If you want to talk about zeal, I persecuted the church. And if you want to talk about righteousness under the law, Paul said if you want to go to Moses' law, I have followed it perfectly. I've done everything I was supposed to do. But everything that that matters, he says, I count it loss, but for the sake of Christ. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as dung in order to gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Another thing that you'll be able to do if you've had a a heart that's been changed is you're able to confess when you sin. Leviticus chapter 2 If they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers and the treachery that they've committed against me and walking contrary to them, I will remember. Their covenant and the last thing you know and i'm i'm, I'm almost to where I'm, i've been wanting to get to the whole sermon yeah. lastly you'll love the lord and you'll keep his word and the word of the lord deuteronomy chapter 30 and the lord your god will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring that you will love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul that you may live. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 19, for neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision but keeping the commandments of God. I know I've repeated some of those verses several times and it's been there on purpose. But you sit here today and you say okay, thanks for the Bible lesson pastor now what? Let me take you back to our text from the opening sermon and don't don't worry I'm not trying to re-preach or preach another sermon. Let's go back to that first text in Colossians chapter 2. In whom you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of God buried with him in baptism wherein you were also risen with him through the faith and the operation of God who raised us from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven all your trespasses. Did you catch how that mirrors Acts chapter 2 verse 38? Repentance, baptized in Jesus' name for the remission, for the removal of sins and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Now, before I get there, let me take you to Exodus chapter 4 and verse 18. Would you put that up, Brother Ron? Exodus chapter 4 and verse 18. Have you ever been reading the Bible and you come across something that just kind of confuses you and you're like, what what is it saying right there? In the Word of God, you you find this, if we were to go backwards a little bit, here here we see Moses, Jethro, his father-in-law. Remember when Moses left Egypt, that, that Moses... He, he ran away into the wilderness and, and there he met Jethro who was a priest and, and a priest of God there's no organized religion uh, uh, even an organized you know, Jewish or Israel uh, uh, happening that comes after Egypt and after the Exodus but, but here, here's Jethro and he, or Moses and he goes Jethro and, and there he, he's, he's becoming a shepherd he walks in the wilderness and what does he see? He sees a burning bush one of the most incredible visual stories you can find in the Bible. This burning bush. And God talks to Moses from the burning bush. And it's like nothing you've ever seen. I mean, it, it has been over 400 years since God has talked to a person. The last time you get, you're going to have to go all the way back to maybe Jacob when he wrestled with the angel. Or go all the way back to Abraham when when God spoke to him several times about the, the new baby that's going to be born in. So here's Moses. He has just had a holy experience with God. Remember that story, Brother Jared? Moses, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground and the voice thunders and the bush burns and it's the most magnificent understanding of God at that moment. And Moses is done. And Moses picks himself up and now he's coming to Jethro, he's going to get his family Zipporah, his wife and his children and he's going to go back to Egypt and he's going to look Pharaoh in the eye and he's going to say, God said let my people go. If anybody had an opportunity to swagger, it would be Moses at this point. If you will, I've seen God face to face so to speak and look what I'm going to do. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and he said, let me go, I pray thee, and I've got to return to my brother, brethren, which is in Egypt, and see whether they are yet alive. And Jethro said, I understand, go in peace. Go to the next verse, brother Ron. And the Lord said unto Moses, go and return, for all the men which are dead, which sought thy life. Remember, Moses had killed an Egyptian, and, and there were those that, that wanted to kill him. It's over, you don't have to worry about it. Moses has been in the wilderness 40 years. Go to the next verse. And Moses took his wife and his sons, set them on an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. He had power. This is the same rod that he threw down and it turned into a snake. And the Lord said, when you, when you go and return to Egypt, if you'll do those wonders that I've shown you before Pharaoh, which I put in thy hand, I will. but, but I will harden his heart in that he won't let his people go. Go to the next verse. And you'll say unto Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn son. I'm just setting the stage. Keep going. And you say unto them, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou will refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Just on, a, just on, a, on a, a note, this is where, before they even get to Egypt, God already tells them what's going to happen. God, all the, the first nine plagues, God knew what Pharaoh was going to do. I don't understand this verse And it came to pass by the way in the end They were were traveling They stopped somewhere That the Lord met him, who is him, Moses And sought to kill him Brother Harold, why in the world would God do all of this To reach Moses and then all of a sudden in some end say I'm going to kill you You ever thought about that? God says, I, I, I'm done, Moses, I'm going I'm to kill you. And Moses begins to wonder, what in the world's going on? Go to the next verse. And Zipporah, Moses' wife, took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, surely thou art a bloody husband, art thou to me. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is one of those verses in Scripture that I don't understand a whole lot. It took me time to read it and understand it and and, and keep going back to it and try to figure out what exactly was happening. This is what was happening. God had told Abraham, all of your generations to come must be circumcised. I don't know why Moses didn't do it. What God told him to do in the Old Testament, Moses hadn't done it. God said, I don't care how many burning bushes you have in your life. I don't care how many times you've come to church and felt the goosebumps. I don't care how many times you've come to church and tears have run down your face and you felt the presence of God. I don't care if I've talked to you in a dream or a vision. If you don't go through the blood, you can't be saved. It doesn't matter that you've gotten a touch of God. It doesn't matter that you've had a moment with God. It doesn't matter that your emotions have been changed. He said, I've told you what you needed to do in order to be saved. And if you don't do it, death is the only thing you have to look forward to. The truth is, you may have felt God. You may have even seen God. But if you've not been through the blood, you're destined to die. Can I take that from the Old Testament and insert it into the New? And and, and hit a verse in the Old Testament that, that, that transitions between Old and New. Isaiah 53. Jesus was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief as one whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon us. And with His stripes we are healed. I can almost hear it now. I can hear Jesus looking at you and I saying, I don't care that you come to church. I don't care that you worship and clap your hands and sing to the Lord. If you have not repented, if you have not been washed in the blood of Jesus by the baptism, Peter said it this way, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the Holy Ghost or or let me take you to Jesus' words. John 3, 5. I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the spirit of, into the kingdom of God. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Let me tell you right now, you have to have that circumcision of the heart. And the only way that comes is through a baptism of water in Jesus' name. And a baptism of His Spirit when you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you have not been circumcised, if you have not gone through the blood, you cannot be saved. He said it this way, obedience is better than sacrifice. I have spent some 35 minutes teaching you what circumcision is to get you to this point right here. Your salvation is not contingent on what you feel. Your salvation is not contingent on the fact that you come to church every time the doors are open. Your salvation is not contingent because you give in the offering or because you give to the poor or because you sing the song or because you live a good life. You could keep every law of God and your salvation is not dependent on the Ten Commandments. As God sought to kill Moses because he did not obey what he was supposed to. Today, you and I, that same thing holds over our head. You must be born again. The only way my heart can be changed is if I find that place of repentance and I pour it out and I say, as we read several verses earlier Jesus, forgive me for my sin, forgive me for my iniquity forgive me are the things that have brought me away from you even my own confidence in the flesh I'm nothing without you Lord that repentance is a type of death it's a type of us telling the flesh we're done it's a cutting away if we could use that visual image and I know it's not a pretty one but that visual image of circumcision it's a removal of the flesh casting it aside but that death must be must be be followed by a burial The word of God says he that is buried with him in baptism. The reason we have a baptismal tank here where we can put you all the way under the water is because we are going to bury the old flesh. We're going to bury the old broken part of your life. We're going to bury every sin. We're going to bury every iniquity and we put it down in the water. But like Christ was raised from the dead, so when we bring you out of the water, there is the understanding that that's the moment in which you could throw up your hands and he could fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost and you could be free. From the bondage of sin forever, and I know sometimes those two are can, can can be in a different order. I received the Holy Ghost before I was baptized, and I know others have, and that's okay. Neither, neither one can happen unless you've repented. But sometimes you get the Holy Ghost, but you've still got to go through the blood. You've still got to be baptized in Jesus' name. If Moses was, or if God was willing to kill Moses because he didn't go through the blood. How much more do you think you and I are in danger of hell, fire, and brimstone if we don't get baptized in Jesus' name? If we're not filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you must obey. You must obey. You must go through the blood. Would you stand today? I feel His presence all across this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank You for Your Word. It speaks to our heart. It speaks to our mind. Oh God, you have touched us in mighty ways. You have spoken into us. We understand the way the Old Testament reads. We've seen how it pushes to the new. But God, that I might be changed. That my heart might be changed. That it might be circumcised, Lord. That it might be operated on deep down inside where no one else sees what you've worked. God, I want to be like you. I give you glory in Jesus' name. I invite you to come today. I invite you to come and begin to talk to Him. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, this is a great day for you to make that choice and that decision and say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Would you lift your hands as we begin to sing? And Would you let the Word of God your continue to speak to you? speaks a better word than all the empty clay.